All right, y'all. So, hey, we've been in this series called Erased, which has been all about the Holy Spirit. Why do we erase the Holy Spirit from our personal lives? Why do we erase him from our churches? Why do we erase him? And, and we don't really understand the Holy Spirit. And week one of the series is about, what, five weeks ago now. Um, I talked about the general idea that we're okay with the Father, right? We, we like that idea of the Father. If you have a, a great dad on earth, you, you would resonate with that idea, right? God the Father. He gives good gifts to his kids. You know, he's a father. He's that loving figure. You know, like we're okay with that idea. And then, we, and then there's the idea of, of the son, right? The person of Jesus Christ who came and died for the sin. And we know that story, right? Like death, burial, resurrection, you know, the tomb, three days. We got Christmas, we got Easter, we get presents. So we're cool with the son, all right? We're cool with Jesus Christ. We like him. But then there's that weird redheaded stepchild of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit. And, and that's how we view him sometimes. Let's just be honest, right? Like that's how we view the Holy Spirit. It's like, he's weird. He doesn't make sense. He makes people do weird things, right? And, and that's kind of how we view the Holy Spirit. And so many of us in our churches and our personal lives have pushed back the Holy Spirit uh, into this little corner. And we kind of like call on him when we need something in a sense, right? If we're just being honest and we're like, Holy Spirit, help me. Or like, God, help me right now. And it's like, I need a word. And the Holy Spirit's like, you've been ignoring me for the past 10 years, you know? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? And so um, this is what this series has been all about. That's why it's called Erased. Why have we been neglecting the Holy Spirit in our lives? And so we talked about a lot of things. And if you've been here the last few weeks, you know that it's just been absolutely incredible. I, I can't even really explain what's been happening in our church and in me personally over the last four or five weeks now. Uh, but it has just been amazingly powerful and preaching about identity and who we are and, and God. And, and man, people have just been letting go of all the sins of their past and like finally understanding who we are in God. And we talked about, uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, what that looks like and how Jesus said that the Holy Spirit, him coming is actually better than Jesus staying. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Until you receive, he said, you will receive what? Power. You're gonna receive power from the Holy Spirit. That's what he tells his disciples. Stay in Jerusalem and wait. And it's actually better that you get the Holy Spirit because I gotta go. And so I'm gonna be out of here, but the Holy Spirit's gonna be here. And it's gonna be real, real cool. It's gonna be powerful. And now once again, if Jesus says that we need something, I think that we need it, amen? If he says it, then it's good enough for me. And so the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost and they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and then they're just like speaking in tongues and all this crazy stuff happens and 3,000 people get saved or they start healing people left and right. It's just absolutely amazing. Last week we talked about healing. What does that look like in our lives? And but one thing I really wanna hit, and we're gonna be going through this over the next, uh, I think about four weeks is what we're gonna do, is we're gonna talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit now. So we've talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we've talked about healing specifically, but we're gonna really go through each gift uh, specifically. Today, what today is, is just gonna be an overview of all of the gifts. So you can kind of understand, hey, this is a little bit of a, uh, just kind of an overview, and then we'll take section by section the gifts of the Holy Spirit over the next three weeks. So uh, I think it's really gonna enlighten you to a lot of things. Many of you will have never heard some of this stuff before or never been taught some of this. If, if you grew up in a different Christian tradition or maybe you grew up uh, in a different way or not in church, you might have never heard some of this stuff. But listen, I just encourage you to open up your heart, open up your ears and your eyes to see like, hey, this is in the Bible and this is for me. It wasn't just for them, but it is for me today, amen? So. Uh, I wanna start off just asking you a question, and this is, <laughs> my wife's gonna understand this one real easy. Any parent, I think, will understand this question. Have you ever given a gift to somebody at, that they just never used? You know what I'm talking about? You ever given a gift to somebody, especially if you're a parent, and you buy, your kid, you go to Target, all right? That's, you know, white girl central, okay? So we go to Target a lot, my wife and I. Uh, and so we go to Target, and my son loves going into Target. And he'll go, and we go, Target, Target, Target. We literally sing a song as we're walking in. That's how awful we are. Okay, so we go into Target, and he's like, I want this toy. Mommy, Daddy, I want this toy. Can I have this toy? I need this toy, right? And then he, he asks for this thing over and over and over. And finally, we're just like, okay, you can have the toy. And then we go home, and what does he do? 
You already know. He plays with it for five minutes, throws it to the side and goes back to his Paw Patrol toys. He's like, that's the one that I really wanna play with. Like, bro, you were asking me for so long for this thing. We finally gave you this gift. Like we wrapped it up. Maybe he got it for Christmas or his birthday or something like that. Wrap it up real nice, real fancy. He opens it up. He's like, I'm so excited. And then uses it for five minutes and then throws it away like it wasn't even a thing. And we're just like, are you serious, bro? Like we paid good money for this toy. It was like on sale for $29.99, but still like you need to use this thing. And so he just didn't even use it. And I'm sure maybe you've gotten a gift for somebody, even an adult maybe before, like you get a tool for them or something and they just never use it. I'm sure my dad has given me some tools before that I've never even used in my life. Where They're just sitting in there and he sees that there's stuff that needs to be done in the yard and he knows that he bought me the tool to, to fix it and I just ain't happening, you know what I'm saying? So uh, God gives us all spiritual gifts. He gives us spiritual gifts. By the power of the Holy Spirit, they're called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The problem is, is that many of us don't even know that they're available, number one. Number two, maybe we do know they're available, but we just don't use them. We just don't even access these gifts. We don't even think about them very often. Once again, it's because we have erased the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we don't talk about them a lot, but, but the Bible actually says that we are to earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Earnestly desire. That doesn't sound like a, a, a small desire. It's not just like, oh, like you're supposed to kind of want these things. You should pray for them every once in a while. No, no, no. The Bible says we're supposed to earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. And so we're gonna walk through these. Uh, there's a few different groups, but uh, I wanna encourage you to turn in your Bible if you have one with you or you have the Version Bible app. Go, to, go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians 12. That's where we're gonna be, 1 Corinthians 12. And I really encourage you, if you don't have uh, the Bible app, get it on your phone. It's one of the best things that you can do. I have the Bible on all the time. Sometimes as I'm going to sleep, I'll just have the audio Morgan Freeman version, you know, like he's just talking and the Lord said, like he's just reading it to me, it's amazing. Uh, I play in my car, I can read it wherever I'm at all the time. So please download that on your phone. It'll really, really help your relationship with the Lord to have that. Um, how many of y'all actually have, let me see, I'm just curious. How many of y'all have a paper Bible in the house today? Let me see, you got a paper Bible with you. Oh my goodness, good for you guys. Did they used to do that at youth services? I'm gonna go off to, on the side right now. Like 10, 15 years ago, maybe even in, in a little bit farther back, they would say, who brought their Bible with them today? And everyone raised their Bible. And if you didn't have your Bible with you, everybody's looking at you like, mm-hmm, you ain't really a Christian, all right? <laughs> like, that's seriously how it was. And now they don't ask that question because most people just have it on their phones nowadays. So anyway, just wanted to see. So for y'all that didn't bring it, mm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, I'm just messing with you. Uh, all right, so 1 Corinthians 12, four through 11, we're gonna start there. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one in the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. All right, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And what I want to encourage you right off the bat, okay, is 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 is the best place where you can find everything you really need to know. There's a few other places, but that's the, the most exhaustive list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they operate within the local body of believers, right? Within your own personal life, but also as a church. 1 Corinthians 14 really talks about the order of worship. How do we use these gifts that God gives us in a church context, in a church setting? And if you go one chapter back, sandwiched right in between it is 1 Corinthians 13, uh, which is all about love and how love is the motivating factor on how we use all of these things. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But if you wanna learn more about the gifts of the Spirit, I encourage you, just write this down, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, go and read it for yourself uh, and see what the Lord will teach you in that. So verse seven, I wanna go back to that. 1 Corinthians 12, verse seven. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for what? For the common 
good. Someone say common good. What does common good mean? Does that mean it's for me and for me alone? No, it does not say that. Why do we have gifts of the Spirit? Why does the Spirit distribute them to each of us? And all these things that he talks about right after this. It's not just for you. As a matter of fact, it doesn't say it's for you really at all. It says it's for the common good of everybody. It's for the good of others, for other people to be encouraged, to be lifted up, to be healed. These other things that that he lists right here after this, God doesn't give them to you for yourself. They are for others. And then the first thing I wanna point out is a lot of people will, will operate and give things to the Holy Spirit, but they do it in a way that honors themselves more than honors God. And if your gift is taking people's eyes off of Jesus, then it's not being used properly, amen? Because every gift of the Holy Spirit, what's the Holy Spirit's one main job that he does? We talked about this in week two of the series. What's the Holy Spirit's main job? To point people to Jesus, amen? Holy Spirit is constantly pointing people back to Jesus. Jesus said, I'll send the Holy Spirit. He's gonna lead you in truth and righteousness. And basically all he says is he's gonna point back to me. He's gonna glorify me is what Jesus said. And so if, if the gifting that the Holy Spirit gives you, you're using to glorify yourself, now what are you doing? You're trying to claim ownership over a gift that you didn't even do anything to earn. It was God that gave it to you, right? So glorify God with your gift. It's for the common Good, I see a lot of people, they use their giftings and they build a ministry or a title or all these different things out of it. And they, they try to, you know, it's crazy. They make money off of the giftings that God has used them in. And eventually they're working in their giftings, but they're not even honoring God anymore, which is a really, really crazy, sad place to be. So right off the bat, it says, hey, this is for us together. That, that's why we have these gifts. All right, and there's three groups of three. And we're gonna have these on the screen for you. If you're taking notes, I'd really encourage you to write these down. This is gonna help as we go through the next four weeks together. There's three groups of three. And I'm gonna quickly say the title of each of them and then we'll go through them. So there's say something gifts, there's know something, and there's do something gifts, right? Say something, know something, and do something. Say, know, and do. And they're all listed here. You can go through and see them, but I'm gonna break them down. The say something gifts, number one would be tongues, two, interpretation of tongues, number three is prophecy, okay? I'm gonna break these down for you real quick. There's three different kinds of tongues that are mentioned in scripture, all right? The first one you see ever in scripture is in Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says uh, they were all in the upper room, 120 people. Uh, They were praying, asking God for this gift, this baptism of the Holy Spirit that he had promised them. He said, don't leave until you get it, right? Because you're not gonna be able to be a good witness until you have this power flowing through you. So they pray, earnestly, earnestly pray. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit. He comes. And then the first thing it says is some weird stuff, y'all, some crazy stuff. It says tongues of fire separated above their heads. No one really knows what that means. Don't, if anyone tries to tell you, they don't, all right? So uh, it says tongues of fire separated above their heads. And they all started speaking in tongues. And they were actually speaking in, in known languages. It's crazy. Languages that they had never even learned before. And so what happens is, is there's these people, because it's during a festival that this is happening. And of course, you, God has good timing, right? Like he waited until there was people from all over the world that were converging in this one place in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was kind of a mecca of a lot of different people. It would be like New York City or LA or something like that. There's all kinds of uh, languages, races, different kinds of things there. And so uh, God waits until that moment when all these people are there and then now, bam, the Holy Spirit comes. They, they start walking outside. It says they start going out in the street the whole room was shaking. So they go out the street and they're all speaking these other languages that they'd never learned before. And then the people are coming up to them and they say, hey, hold on, aren't these dudes from here? Like, how do they know my language? And then another guy over here who speaks another language is like, hold on, they're speaking my language too. Another guy over here, they're speaking my language. How do they even know these languages? And, and then finally Peter gets up and he says, hey, listen, like we don't even know these languages. They thought they were drunk. They thought they were drunk. Peter stays up. It's nine in the morning, guys. We ain't drunk right now, okay? Like we're not having mimosas and hanging out and speaking in tongues right now. That's not what's happening. He said, this is the Holy Spirit that's baptized us in power. It's the same Jesus that you crucified. He gets up and and starts preaching this message. 3,000 people get saved. And what is that one? Well, that's other languages. It was a sign for the unbelievers, for somebody that does not believe in God at all, for somebody to be speaking a language they had never learned before. It's pretty powerful. I told a story two weeks ago about um, 
Azusa Street Revival happened in 1906 to 1909. It was really powerful. There was a lady who started speaking in tongues and there was a foreign reporter that was in the building to kind of make fun of the movement of what God was doing. He was just there to make fun of it. She starts speaking in tongues. And then after the message, he comes up to her and he's like, hey, listen, uh, like, do you know what you just did? She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, how did you learn my native tongue? She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, well, you actually just gave a complete list of all of the sins that I have ever done in my entire life while you were speaking in tongues in my native language. And she's like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, man. Like, I don't speak your language at all. And so immediately, obviously this guy is convicted and now he's believing in the Lord because how else would that have happened? She doesn't speak his language. And so it was a sign for the unbelievers. The second form of tongues is a prayer language, okay? Um, a lot of you, you, some of you might be shocked to know this. I don't know, maybe you are, maybe you're not, but I speak in tongues all the time, all the time, okay? It is powerful all the time. Uh, and it's, it's just by myself in my office. Uh, when I am in prayer, we did 10 days of prayer and fasting every single day. Uh, I was speaking in tongues, probably 20, 30 minutes, to be completely honest. And I would pray for about two hours every day, uh, just asking the Lord to move and asking the Lord to, uh, to just do what only he could do, work miracles in our church, through our church. I was praying for you guys, all kinds of stuff. And so what this is, is it's between you and God. And the Bible says that there's a, there's a type of speaking in tongues that where we're speaking mysteries to God. Like that no one knows what in the world we're saying right now, but it's, it, it's called the language of angels, okay? We don't even know, it's, it's a heavenly language. It has nothing to do with a language that would be known here on earth. And that's an actual language that, that I speak in all the time. And do I understand what I'm speaking? No, the Bible says that when I speak in tongues of men and angels, right? Like, like my mind is unfruitful is what Paul says, but my spirit speaks. I don't understand what I'm saying, but it's actually the Holy Spirit of God that's speaking through me and praying for you and praying for me and praying for our world. And, and I don't actually even know what's going on. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but listen, it's right here. I'm telling you, uh, you're speaking mysteries to God. And it's a time of, of edifying yourself. That's what that's all about, right? So the first version is, is, hey, this is a tongue, and I've heard of this missionaries all the time. You will hear of this happening. They will go to a, another place in Africa or South America or, or it, somewhere, there's some unknown dialect and someone will start speaking in tongues and it's the actual language of the people that are there and hundreds of people will get saved in a village because of it. It's incredible. The second one is the prayer language, which is between you and God, edifies yourself. Hey, that's to build me up in my spirit, my faith. But then there's a third kind, which is to edify the church, to build up the body of believers. And you hear more about this in 1 Corinthians 14. So you're gonna edify the church with this kind. And it actually is, uh, it talks about how this kind of speaking in tongues is a message in tongues, okay? It's giving it for the whole church, for the building up of the body. And it has to be accompanied by an interpretation, so the second gift that we talked about in the say something is interpretation of tongues. By the way, if you're not taking notes, you're gonna wanna take notes today, okay? <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of stuff, I promise. You're gonna wanna write all this down. So uh, the third kind is this edifying the church. Hey, I'm gonna, there's a word that God has given me I'm gonna speak this out in tongues and then someone's gonna interpret it. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, he that speaks in a tongue should pray that he can interpret the same tongue as well. So you wanna pray that, hey, God will give me the actual interpretation of whatever in the world I just said. That's happened to me one time, one time ever has the Lord used me for that. Um, not something that happens to me quite often, to be totally honest. I, I pray in tongues by myself a lot, um, <clears throat> but I'm very careful to do what the, what the word of God says. And so I... I'm not just gonna blast out in tongues over a microphone because I just don't, you know, I don't know if somebody's in the room that has that gift of interpretation the Lord's gonna do it in that moment. I don't really know. Uh, but one time I was in worship, actually. I was, I was a worship leader for years and I was singing and just the Holy Spirit was like just thick in the room. I couldn't really, I couldn't even explain it to you. And I don't even know what happened, but I just started singing in tongues. And I was like, so this is happening. Okay, cool. Like, all right, I'm singing over the microphone, just some kind of melody. I don't know what it even was really. And then immediately after I started saying what the message was from the Lord. It was so powerful. I'd never been used by the Lord in that capacity before. And so uh, that's the actual second say something gift is the interpretation of tongues. And it's always gonna accompany the public use of tongues. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 as well that it is equal to prophecy. It's on the same level 
as prophecy. If somebody gives a prophetic gift or has a prophetic gift and they give a message, uh, that's prophetic. If you have tongue interpretation, it's actually on the same level as that because now it's been interpreted so that the people can be edified, so that you can be built up, right? Paul talks about this and we'll get to it in a few weeks now. He says, I'd rather you speak one word in prophecy than a thousand words in a tongue. Why? Because if you're just like, if everyone's just babbling around in tongues all over the place in, in a service and an unbeliever comes in, you're gonna think, they're gonna think that we are absolutely out of our minds, right? Like you're gonna think that we are crazy, okay? It doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't build them up at all. But if I come up to you and I have a word of knowledge or something like that, or I have a, a, a prophecy for you specifically, like let's say, for example, that woman that was in that Azusa Street Revival and she starts speaking in tongues and then this man comes up and says, hey, you were speaking in my language and you said everything that I've ever done in my life. Now that guy has been edified, right? And that guy is now seeing the Lord in a new way than he's ever seen before, okay? And so Paul talks about prophecy versus tongues. I encourage you to read that for yourself. Uh, Interpretation of tongues, that's the second one. The third one of the say something gifts is prophecy. And Paul, like I said, he said he wants everyone to prophesy, everyone he wants to prophesy. He said, that's the best gift that you could possibly ask for. Why is that? Because if you have the ability to, and it doesn't always mean something in the future. And that's the thing I think people mistake a lot of times. It can deal with the future. You see in the Old Testament, you got a lot of people. Uh, the prophets, for example, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you know, like Hosea, you have Joel, you have all these other people and they were considered prophets. That was actually their role in Israel was that they were prophets for the Israelites. But nowadays, the Holy Spirit can give every single one of us a gift and the ability to prophesy. And it could deal with the future, but it could also be a proclamation of God's will, just saying, hey, this is what the Lord wants to do in this moment. I believe right now, this is what the Lord wants to do. And I've even done that in a service. And in certain moments, you might not even realize that I'm prophesying. You might have no idea, but I know, but you don't know. Because I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm listening to the Lord and he tells me, hey, this is what I wanna do right now. And I say, all right, cool, well, let's do that. And you wouldn't have any other way of knowing. Other, I know that the Lord told me that word that I was supposed to share with you. Um, it could be a proclamation of his will. The next thing, and this is my favorite one, is prophecy can comfort somebody. It can comfort you in your time of need. It could be a simple word that like when you're going through, like just like what Alec was saying right here, we kind of had that feeling today, like, hey, Satan's really trying to come against us. And a lot of people had been feeling that this morning and sickness and different things. And, and we kind of just, we're having this feeling and, uh, that Satan's coming against us. And so Alec has this word right here and I'm kind of confirming this word. That's actually even a little bit of a form of prophecy right there. And so it can comfort you, it can edify you, it can give you guidance, it can encourage you, but it can also be a judgment. You gotta be real careful with those though. Here's the deal. Prophecy, it says, every prophecy is to be tested. I have seen so many people fall into this. Oh my goodness. They get some kind of word from somebody that they don't even know. You've ever been to a youth service before? This happens all the time. I've seen this a million times. You're in a youth service and some dude will come up and he'll give a prophecy over you. Like you're supposed to do this in your life or whatever. And they completely change the course of their entire life based off of this. Is it something that they felt like the Lord told them to do? No. Is it something they had any natural gifting or talent for or anything the Lord has ever spoken to them? No. And like maybe they're stepping into something that has nothing to do with God's plan for them because they didn't test it. They didn't actually figure out, hey, is this word edifying me? Am I understanding this word as something that's from God or does it feel like it's just this person that's just trying to sound like they're from God, right? I've seen it countless, countless times where somebody will say, hey, this is a word for you. Listen, if it's not a word for you and you don't feel like it's from the Lord, I say, I don't receive that, right? <laughs> like, I won't tell them, I won't tell it to their face, but there's been times that somebody has been trying to give me a prophetic word. They'd be like, I feel like this is from the Lord. And I know in my spirit, it's not from the Lord. I just know, I'm not gonna be rude about it, but I know it's not from the Lord. And I just say, hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And then I go off and it does not change my life whatsoever because it's not from the Lord. And that's a whole other gift. It's called discerning of spirits. We'll talk about that one in a second. That one is really cool. I love that one. All prophecies should be tested. Don't just blindly accept a prophecy from somebody. Number one, that you have no relationship with. I think that's important. Number two, if it doesn't resonate with you and it doesn't go back to God's word as truth, do not accept that thing, amen? All right, you guys okay? Y'all with me right now? All right, I know this is like, we're, I'm in teaching mode today, so bear with me, all right? Uh, the next ones are the know something gifts. Somebody say, know something. 
You know something? I know a few things, but not nearly as much as the Holy Spirit does, okay? The first one is a message of wisdom, otherwise known as a word of wisdom. I call them word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Could be message of wisdom, message of knowledge. But the word of wisdom is simply the ability to apply God's word and to express the will of the Holy Spirit in any given moment. The ability to apply God's word. I'm gonna give you some examples of these, okay? The, the biggest example that I can see of words of wisdom is when Jesus in Matthew 3 goes out to be tempted by Satan. He goes on a 40-day fast, which is something I would not recommend for any of you, okay? This is a supernatural Holy Spirit-driven thing. He goes on a 40-day fast, and the devil goes out specifically to tempt him. And he says, hey, I know you're hungry, Jesus. Why don't you turn that rock into some bread? And what does Jesus say? He turns around and applies God's word. He says, man shall not live. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live on bread alone. What is that? That is a message of wisdom in that moment. That is a word of wisdom. He was applying the word of God in that moment in a practical way. Say, hey, this is the wise way to apply this to the current situation that I'm going through in my life right now. And that was given to him by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have times when, we've talked about this the last few weeks where a verse will just pop into your head and you have no idea why that verse popped in your head. You're like, I didn't even realize that I knew that verse. That's amazing. And right when you go through a certain season, a specific situation, and you're not really sure uh, what to do about it, that verse will pop right into your head and you're like, wow, that's the verse I needed right here for this moment. I'm gonna apply that to my life right now. Or maybe you can speak it to somebody else. You're trying to encourage and lift somebody up. And God gives you a verse to say to him. You're like, wow, that's amazing. I didn't even realize that I knew that. That's a word of wisdom in that moment. So Jesus did that there. Um, word of knowledge is the next one. Number two, under the know something gifts. There's some really cool examples of word of knowledge. Jesus with the woman at the well is probably my favorite word of knowledge uh, example. You go to the woman at the well, Jesus is up there with her. And she is uh, by herself. And the reason that she's by herself is because she wasn't basically allowed or it was kind of socially unacceptable for her to be with the other women because she was kind of an outcast to them. So she's going to the well by herself and Jesus goes up there and he gets this word of knowledge that says, hey, listen, uh, he said, go get your husband. And she's like, I don't have one. He's like, you know what? Actually, you're right. Because you've already had five husbands and the guy that you're with right now is not even your husband. And she's like, well, I can see that you are a prophet. And he, <laughs> that's what she says. I can see that you are a prophet. Well, yeah, obviously, okay. Like he just had this word of knowledge about her specific life situation that there's no way that he would have been able to know, right? There's no way. He had just met her in that moment. So that's a word of knowledge that Jesus had. Another time, uh, many times throughout scripture, it says that Jesus knows the thoughts of people around him. A lot of times he uses this against the Pharisees. The Pharisees are trying to, to trash Jesus and they're trying to like find a way to get him to uh, get arrested and try to trap him in something he says. And Jesus will, he heals somebody and then it says that he knew their thoughts. And he says, why are you having these thoughts within you? Like, why are you coming against me like this? Why are you doing this to me? And he calls them out on the thoughts that they have within them. There's no way that he would have been able to know those thoughts without it being a word of knowledge. And then another example that's not Jesus, because I like to give Jesus examples and then disciple examples, uh, Peter. When in the book of Acts, Ananias comes up and they had, it says that they were selling all their land and kind of having this uh, communal thing with all of the new believers after Jesus had gone and Holy Spirit had come. And so Ananias sells this land and comes up and, and lays the money down at the disciples' feet. But it, he had actually kept a little bit back for himself. He had no reason to do that necessarily, but, but he was trying to make it seem like that he was giving all of it to the disciples, right? And so what does Peter do? He says, man, why are you lying right now? He's like, I know that you're lying. Why didn't you give all of the money? Why did you keep some back for yourself? There's no other way that Peter would have known that. And so what ends up happening is that dude ends up dropping dead right there on the spot. Peter says, you're not even lying to man, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. He didn't even actually say anything. So there's no way that Peter would have known, but he was lying to the Holy Spirit. He was lying to God by keeping some back for himself when he was presenting it as if he was giving all of the proceeds from the, from the land that he had sold. He drops dead right on the spot. And so it says a lot of the people were real scared after that. I would have been too, to be completely honest. So uh, the next one is discerning of spirits. Number three, this is the last know something gift. 
discerning of spirits. This, ooh, man, I love this gift. Um, the Lord uses me with this gift a lot, okay? Like if you do a spiritual gifts test, this is uh, the top, top one for me, one of the top. And it's the ability to determine if something is God, if God is Satan, or if it's Satan, or if it's man. Is what's happening right now, or is what being said, or the actions that's being taken, or the situation that's going on right now, is this from God, is this from Satan, or is this from man, from our own hearts? And so let me give you some examples. Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius is a Gentile. He's not supposed to be hanging out with this dude. Jews and Gentiles, I don't know if you know this, they didn't like each other, they didn't get along. It was actually in their law that they were not supposed to hang out with one another. And so Peter goes there and he had this dream, Cornelius had this dream. And so they're like kind of at this time of like, are we supposed to be hanging out right now? Like this doesn't seem right, but it seems like it's from the Lord. So let's go ahead and hang out together. Uh, And so then it says that all of Cornelius' household gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's absolutely incredible, right? It's not something that Peter even expected. And so in that moment, Peter has to decide, is this Satan or is this man or is this God? And he determines by the discerning of spirits, hey, this is something that the Lord is doing in this moment. This is a God thing that's happening right now. And so he determined it was God. And another occasion, Peter was walking around uh, and there was a bunch of people that got saved in Samaria. And there was this man, Simon the sorcerer, okay? Simon the sorcerer. He was a guy that had been doing all kinds of tricks. He was like a magician and, and he did not believe in the Lord, but Philip goes to Samaria and Simon gets saved. He's like, oh man, I believe in this Jesus, he gets saved. So then Peter and John come up there and they start preaching and they start helping the, the new believers in Samaria. And Simon's one of these guys. And, and so <clears throat> he's going around and uh, they start getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit and people start getting baptized in the Holy Spirit when Peter and John get there. Simon the sorcerer says, hey, I will pay you money so that I can have that same gift. I will give you any money so that I can be able to lay my hands on people and they will receive the same gift that you just did for them. And then Peter says, man, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking right now? You seriously think this is from us? This is something that we're doing right now. And he said, man, your heart is not right. You need to get right before God is what Peter says to him. So what is he discerning in that moment? Was that from God or Satan? No, 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 listen, it's just him. Like Simon's heart was not right before the Lord. And he actually calls out his sin with a word of knowledge as well. He says, you, you're living in iniquity. What is iniquity? It means sin. If you ever see that word in the Bible, it just means sin. So he's saying, you're living in sin right now and you need to turn, really turn to God and your heart's not in the right place that you think that you could buy the gift of God. No, that's not right at all. So he discerns that that was a human spirit. But then the last one, very interesting. Paul, not Peter, we're talking about Paul now in the book of Acts. Uh, the disciples, Paul, are going around And they were doing all kinds of amazing things. They were healing people left and right. They were seeing people get saved. It's incredible what God's doing. And there was a woman that was able to tell the future. She was a fortune teller, it says in the Bible. And uh, it says that she had a spirit within her that was helping her to tell the future. It was a demonic spirit. But what she was doing was very interesting. She was walking around behind them. And as, as they were going and they were going through these different villages and towns, she was saying, these men are men of God. Like you need to come and listen to them. They have the gift of God. Come on, you need to listen to these guys. And it says that Paul became so annoyed at this lady. And that's what it says. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It says Paul became so annoyed at this lady that she was trying to build up. And we don't know exactly why, but I would think it was that she was by the demonic spirit. It was actually trying to build up their heads, trying to get them thinking like, well, you know what? man, we are some hot stuff. Like we do have a cool gift that God uses us with. We're some cool dudes, right? Or maybe she was just drawing too much attention to them and they didn't like it anyway. It says Paul was so annoyed that he turns around and says, spirit, get out of her. And she's actually complimenting them, right? So the spirit comes out and then it says a lot of the, the, the people, the fortune teller, the guys that were kind of using her to make money got really, really mad at them because of that. They're like, well, now she can't tell the future anymore. And now we're not gonna make money off of her. Like she, they had a whole business based off of this demonic spirit that was within this lady. Isn't it interesting that sometimes that you will think something is from the Lord when really it's from Satan, right? So it sounds good and it sounds like it's a good thing. This lady's following them saying like, these are men of God. 
These are great men. You need to listen to the words that they say. But the whole time it was a demonic spirit that was saying it. So in your life, you have to be able to discern the spirit, amen? And say, what is this voice that I'm feeling within me? Is this me? Is this God? Or is this Satan that's talking right now? Somebody that's talking to me, the same thing that says test every prophecy, you're to test the spirits. If somebody is giving me a word or, or encouraging me or something like that, listen, a lot of times your family and your friends will be used by Satan and they don't even realize it. The words they say sound encouraging, they sound like they're really helpful. They're trying to comfort you in this moment or something like that. But what they're really doing is they're diminishing your faith by saying, uh, you know what, like, it's okay. Like, you're gonna be all right. You know, like sometimes God just does things like this. You know, like sometimes maybe God's just trying to build your character through this season right now and that's why you're sick. No, that's, that's not from God. That's Satan talking through them. They don't even understand it. They don't know. It's a little bit of their own spirit too, their own experiences, right? And so you have to discern, is it from God or is it from Satan, or is it from man? So there's the discerning of spirits. Those are all the know something gifts. We're to wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And we are on the last one, y'all. We're on the do something gifts. Can somebody say do something? Yeah, you gotta say it like that. Say do something. Thanks, Jake. He's on board. Let's go, my man. The first one would be healing. Now, to be completely honest, I don't feel like I need to give a lot of examples of this because there is a lot of examples of this, all right? There's so many examples of Jesus healing blind eyes, deaf ears, paralytics are, are getting up and walking. They're taking their mats, they're going. You know, it's just incredible uh, the healing things that Jesus does. He, he raises the dead. It's just absolutely incredible. Uh, so that's the first one, gift of healing. We talked about that all last week. How many of you know God still heals today? Amen? Come on now, he still heals today. He wants to, he wants to. And the second one is working miracles. That's another spiritual gift that God gives us in the do something. Now, a few examples of this would be the feeding of the 5,000, right? You have just a few pieces of fish and a few uh, pieces of bread and Jesus multiplies them uh, to the point where they actually had baskets full afterwards. Now, that's not a gift of healing or anything else in particular. What is that? That's a creative miracle. Uh, there is something that was not there, and now it is there. It's a creative miracle. And so uh, that's the working of miracles. Another example is turning water into wine. Turning water into wine. That is a working of a miracle. That, uh, there's no other way to explain that other than that was that gift being in use at that moment. And the last one would be faith. And this one is really cool too. The last do something gift is just the gift of faith. What is a gift of faith? It's different than the faith that you have when you believe in God. When you say yes to Jesus, you have faith within you now. That's a faith that grows. That's a faith that grows over time and God works on you and you grow in your faith and and the Bible says that you work out your own salvation, right? So that's a gift, or that's a, a faith that grows over time. But there's another thing that is a gift, and it is a gift of faith. What is it? It is boldness and a supernatural belief in the impossible. A supernatural belief. Like there's no other way that this is possible other than with God. An example Peter and the lame beggar in Acts 3. It's the first time you see in the book of Acts where uh, somebody gets healed. After they get the Holy Spirit, Peter and the disciples are going around. They see this lame beggar. He says, can I have some money? Peter turns to him and he says, look at me. Now, how many of you know, like you start off with that. That's a strong statement. He says, look at me. Look at me. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you now. Get up and walk. Now, how many of you know that that is some faith right there, right? If you, if you tell a dude, you say, hey, I don't have any money. I don't got much of that or anything. I know that's what you want. That's what you think that you need. But listen, what I do have, I give you right now. Why don't you go ahead and stand up and walk? That is a supernatural faith and boldness in that moment. That is the gift of faith working in Peter right there in that moment. Even in the Old Testament, right? The Holy Spirit came on people for a season and for a reason, right? Prophets were full of the Holy Spirit many times. And one of my favorite examples, I think of the gift of faith you see actually in the Old Testament is Elijah. Elijah, that dude had some faith. 
he was bold, so bold that when he's on top of this mountain, there's 400 prophets of Baal, these prophets of, of this false God. And, and he says, you know what? Let's put them to the test. Let's see which God is real, huh? And so he gives them all kinds of time and they're jumping around, hooting and hollering and all this stuff, trying to get their God to consume this offering that they had put on top of this mountain. Nothing's happening. They're cutting themselves or ripping their clothes and they're praying and they're doing all this crazy weird stuff. Nothing happens. And then Elijah says, all right, my turn. He goes over, he pours some water all over this thing. He just pours water all over. And so there's like, there's like a moat around it now, around this offering. He's just dumping water on it. He's just looking at him like, this is gonna be great, guys. I can't wait. He just, he's supernatural faith. He prays one prayer. Took him about 15 seconds to pray that thing. And then what happens? The fire of God comes down and boom, consumes the whole offering. Now that is some faith. Elijah even made fun of them too. He made all kinds of fun of them. He said like, what is your God, is he, is he asleep? Is he like at the restroom right now? Like what's going on? And then he, he actually, in another time, he prays that it would not rain for three and a half years. That is insane. That's some faith. And that is a gift that God can give you. Here's the deal, y'all. You do not have to work for any of these gifts. You don't have to earn them they are gifts. Isn't that good news? I've been used by God in many of these gifts. And it's been really cool to see them, to be completely honest, the gift of faith. I've, I've certainly been used by that a few times in my life. We started a church in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, by all means, that would have been, it's crazy by regular terms, by regular thinking. But the Lord told me to do it. And so I knew that it was something that I was supposed to do. And I'm like, what well, the Lord told me to do it, nothing can stop us. No COVID or no shutdowns or anything like that. We'll go online. I don't even care. You can't stop it because this is God's plan. It's not even my plan. I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to do anything to earn this church or whatever. All I had to do is be obedient and say yes. And that's what God is asking for you and for me to do. You wanna operate in these gifts? You wanna have the power of the Holy Spirit in your everyday life? You wanna see these things used for the common good to build each other up, to build your kids up, to build your family up, to build our church up, to build our community up around us? You don't have to earn it. All you have to do is say yes. People will sometimes, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, he has five gifts and she only has one. <sighs> Not much of a good Christian now we have on our hands, do we guys? We only got one gifter over here. We got a five gifter over here. Listen, that's not how it works. I'm gonna need my man, Ryan Murphy, to come on up. He's got a, he's got a couple of things for me here. Listen, Reinhard Bonnke was an amazing evangelist, just died a few years ago. Had millions of people that would come out in Africa. Millions. It's amazing if you see... Uh, the revivals that they would have in, in Africa. So, no, you can stay here, you can stay here. I'm gonna need your help. I'm gonna need your help. And he said this, the gifts of the Spirit are not medals of honor to be worn on Sunday morning. They are tools for the job. They are not medals of honor. They are tools for the job. He said this, when you need a hammer, the Lord will give you a hammer. And when you need a saw, the Lord will give you a saw. And so I have, I have the Holy Spirit here. <laughs> this is my man, Ryan. He said, so I get to be the Holy Spirit today? I was like, yeah, you sure do, man. This is gonna be great. So you have these gifts here. A lot of people will mistake the gifts and thinking that it's like a tool belt that I have. Like I have the gifts that I can just pull out at any moment. That's not how that works, okay? It's a gift from God. It's the Holy Spirit that gives it to us. And many times uh, we, we think that, that it's us that's doing it. And the reason why the, the Lord operates like this is so that we will not be able to boast. It's not a gift that he's given me that I can just pull out at any moment and it's me that's doing it. Every time we need to have this picture in our heads. I have a board here that has a nail in it that I need to nail down. Lord, I need a hammer right now. Thank you, Lord. 
boom. The right tool for the job. Lord, I need to cut this board right here. I gotta cut this thing. I, don't, I, need a, I need a saw, I need a saw. Okay, thank you. All right, Lord. <laughs> Scared? All right, here we go. You good, Ryan? No, okay. <laughs> you got the gift of faith, right? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I need a saw right now, Lord. I gotta, woo, I gotta get this thing done. Right now, somebody needs to be healed. Lord, I need the gift of healing. Right now, I need to encourage this person, Lord. I, I need a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. I need a verse that they can apply in their lives right now. God, in this moment right now, I need the gift of faith because this situation is too much for me. God, would you give me the gift of faith that I can believe in the supernatural? Lord, I need this gift right now. God, would you work through me right now in this gifting? Holy Spirit, come. Like, I need this gift. It's the Spirit of God that distributes them as he wills. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 12. Read it for yourself again. The Spirit is the one that distributes them. There's these gifts that we have available to us, but so many of us don't even understand that they're available. But now that you know that they're available, the Bible says that you should pray for them. And so that's what we're gonna do. Stand up with me. Thank you, Ryan. You're a good man. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> God will give you a hammer when you need a hammer and a saw when you need a saw. He will give you the right tool for the job every single time. Here's the deal. 1 Corinthians 13, I want you to read this on your own time. The gifts are useless without love. Yeah. Useless. Yeah. That's what it says. If I can speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love. Like a, it says you're like a gong. You're just like annoying, like a clanging cymbal. You're just, you're just like, you know, just annoying. Like, why are you even using this right now? You're not even using it in the right heart. The gifts are useless without love, guys. Love is our motivator for everything. Love is what motivates us. Love is what drives us to tell others about the hope that we have in Jesus. Love is what gives us the boldness to go and pray for the sick. Love is the glue that holds all of this together, guys. And so our hearts have to be motivated by love when we ask for these things. And it's not for me, it's not so I can build myself up and be cool because I have gifts, but it's so that I can help pour into somebody else in a powerful way and watch God do something in their life. That's what it's all about. We'll talk about this more later. But I wanna pray right now. And if you are interested in this, which I hope that you are, and you want to ask the Lord, hey, Lord, would, would you give me these gifts? Would you help me to operate in these giftings? Would you bless me with these things that I can know uh, when I need the right tool at the right time? And Holy Spirit, would you give me these gifts? And it says we're earnestly supposed to desire these things, man not just like passively pray for them. Like we talked a few weeks ago that waiting is not passive, it's active. It's an active prayer when we wait for the Holy Spirit to do these things in us and through us. We don't just sit back and say, well, God, you gotta do it or else I'm not doing it. No, no, no. Step out in faith sometimes, man. You might be like, I don't have the gift of faith. Well, you know what? Operate in faith anyway, and maybe the Lord will help you in that moment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so many times I think that's what God has done for me. Like I don't have any faith for this. I'm gonna do it anyway, because that's what he told me to do. And then we'll see what happens. If he doesn't show up now, I'm sure he'll show up the next time. You know, like just, just do it. Just be obedient and, and act in love in everything you do. So if this is something that you're interested in, you say, hey, Pastor Trevor, I, I want these gifts. I wanna be able to walk in power and authority and have the gifts of the Holy Spirit working in me and through me, not for myself, but for others, motivated by love, so I could be a blessing to my community and blessing to people around me. Uh, not everybody, you know, if you're not ready for this or you're just like, hey, I'm just trying to figure this stuff out. I, I gotta go study it myself. Hey, that's fine. But listen, if you're ready and you want these gifts, would you just raise your hand? I just wanna see if that's you. It's me, I, I want it, I need it. Come on, let me see your hands. Come on, don't be ashamed, don't be shy. Lift your hands up. I wanna pray for you and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you do it in them, all right? So come on, everybody in this room, I'm just gonna pray over you right now and then we'll be dismissed. Father God, I thank you 
that is you that distributes the gifts by your Holy Spirit, that when we say yes to you, that there's so much more than just getting to heaven, but God, you wanna get heaven into us so that we can be a blessing to those around us, so that we can move in the same power and the same authority that Jesus did while he was here on this earth, fully God, fully man, filled with the Holy Spirit and able to do the miraculous, not because of anything other than the fact that he was submitted to you without sin and submitted to you, listening to you, Father, listening to you, Holy Spirit, and saying, what do you wanna do today, God? And so, Lord, I ask if that would be our prayer. What do you wanna do today, God? What do you wanna use me for today, God? What tools do I need to get the job done today, God? And Lord, I ask that as people are seeking, that they would find, as they are knocking, that the door would be open to them, that the spiritual gifts that you want to give each and every one of us would be bestowed on every single person here that is truly seeking after them and that's going to use them for the good of the people around them. That's gonna be motivated by love. These people are motivated by their relationship with you through the power of the Holy Spirit to see their families, their workplaces, their communities change. God, give us boldness to speak about you to every person around us, Lord. There's people that are dying that need you, Jesus, and we're just walking right past them, Lord. There's people that need to be encouraged. There's people that need to be built up and to be edified and to be, uh, to be made whole, to be saved, God, to be healed. And Lord, would you use us? Would you use me? Come on, somebody in this place say, use me. Use me, God. Let it be me that you use. Just like Isaiah, here I am, God, send me. So Father, I ask for every single person here that truly wants it and that's motivated by love, would you give them these gifts? Help them to see in your word that these things are possible, that these are for today. They're not just for the past. They're not just for your disciples 2,000 years ago, but this is relevant to our lives today, that you want to move in power today, right here, right now, God. I thank you in your precious son's name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, can you give it up for Jesus in this place today? Hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. I really encourage you, if you are new and maybe some of this is new for you, um, I would really encourage you, go the last few weeks. It's on YouTube, it's on our podcast. Go listen uh, to the last four weeks of our messages, five weeks in this series. uh, And then go read for yourself the book of Acts, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. I think the Lord will do something powerful in you when you do that, amen? Hey, if you wanna come to the welcome party, please join us right out here. And don't forget, next week, y'all better come back now because we have the biggest announcement in church history. Don't want you to miss it. We'll see you next week. God bless you.